All right, and I think that we are live. Uh, good evening, everyone. Happy March 8th, Women's Day. Uh, I believe Women's Day was originally created by the Eastern European countries, Russia and whatnot, in order to celebrate women because they had, um, they had done away with all the Christian holidays because they were an atheist nation. Uh, Russia and, and the Soviet Union and all those nations, they had embraced atheism and they had removed all the other uh, religious holidays, so they needed to put in their own secular ones, and so Women's Day was part of that. I believe that's true. Is that correct, Valeria? Well, uh, I think it was two women from USSR mm -hmm. who kind of invented this holiday. Oh, is that true? Holiday. So it was women who invented it. Two, yeah. So, ladies and gentlemen, I think that we can embrace Women's Day, despite that it's a, it's a heathen's atheistic holiday. <laughs> because, you know, we like our, the women in our lives. And uh, Valeria is slightly annoyed with me today because I forgot to get her flowers. You didn't forget. You, you were busy. I, I did forget. I took the day off yesterday. And I am very, uh, how do I explain this? I'm very aggressive with my days off. I do not take days off lightly. I, I, when I take a day off, I legit take a day off. I do not do any work. In fact, I do everything I can to avoid thinking about work because the only reason I ever take a day off is so that I can, so that I can purge my being of everything work-related uh, because I am, you know, you, you don't want to become burnt out, right? This job can burn you out very easily. So I have a method to avoid doing that, which is that every maybe two weeks or maybe once a month, something like that, I will take a day off and I will very aggressively do nothing. And so I forgot, I forgot to get Valeria's flowers, which, which I had intended on doing. In fact, I mentioned it uh, yesterday that I was going to do it and then I... And then I stupidly forgot. Uh, but anyway, um, this is the beautiful wife, Valeria. Um, her lighting is way better than mine today. I'm like way overly bright. Yeah. You might want to fix my... Well, it is what it is. Okay. <laughs> Let's just deal with it. Okay. Um, what else What else were we going to say? Anything, uh, well, anything else? Well, I think... Did you do intro? Oh, I did not do the... All right, everybody, you ready? Ready for the intro? All right, let's do it. And now it's time for the intro. Toxic masculinity. Toxic masculinity. And there you go. There's our, there's our intro. Well, I don't know what you call it. Bumper? Something like that. Uh, yeah, I'm trying to be more professional, but unfortunately it's not happening. <laughs> we, <laughs> we are still the least professional show on YouTube. And I, I proudly uh, hold up that mantle. Okay, so uh, why don't we just get into it? Let's see here. Yeah. Why don't we just get into it here? Uh, what is, darling, what is the first story? Well, the first story is just two words. Megan Markle. Megan Markle. Yes, yes. That's the big story of the day. And... I'm going to say this. Uh, we're. I'm actually going to repost tonight. I was going to. I was going to post my um, Joe Rogan analysis of the Joe Rogan slash Tim Pool slash Jack Dorsey Twitter 
you know, video thing. I've, I've posted two of these analyses. If you haven't seen them on YouTube, they're really quite good. Uh, the comments are, are pretty positive. But I watched this video, uh, this Joe Rogan video that he did with Jack Dorsey a, a little over a year ago, a year and a half ago maybe. And I realized that we have so much more context with which to view this interview now, a year and a half later, to look back and to analyze everything that was said by both Jack Dorsey and especially his censorship czar, which is what my name for her, um, Vijaya. <laughs> her, her actual name is, um, I think it's, what is it? It's um, Vijay. Vijaya. Vijaya. Vijaya is how she pronounces it. But phonetic, I couldn't find out how she pronounced it, so I kept pronouncing it Vijaya. And as I'm watching the video and I'm taking notes and I'm writing the script for it, I just got more and more angry with her for all of the like very obvious lies she was telling. So throughout the video, I very aggressively call her Vijaya, which, which kind of sounds like part of the female anatomy. And I had that had actually occurred to me, but it hadn't bothered me enough to go back and try to figure out what you know if there was some kind of alternative uh, way to pronounce her name. So I just kept every time I I, I would do a bit, I would be like, uh, "Tell us more lies, Vijaya." <laughs> I was like so angry with her, and people were like, "Every time you say Vijaya, it sounds like you're you're screaming a swear word at her, or, you know, calling her something, you know, part of the female anatomy." But anyway, so I did all I did this three video segment um, of about you know, how biased Twitter is. And the third segment was going to come out tomorrow morning. But because of this Meghan Markle interview and because it was such a big deal, I feel like people should get a little bit more context around who Meghan Markle is, how she fits in with the royal family, the whole history of that. So I'm, in fact, going to repost my previous video on Meghan Markle tonight. Uh, so if you guys want to see that tomorrow morning, I think it's... Uh, I mean, in a way, I'm kind of exploiting the fact that this is popular right now in the news, but this is this is what you do, right? If something's popular, you know, you put something out for people who want to see it because I do think the video that I produced is, is quite good on Meghan Markle, and it didn't do very well. It got very low numbers. So I'm, I'm, I feel like I put this out, and hopefully it'll, it'll do better. I don't think a lot of people actually saw it the first time I posted it. But anyway, let's have a look here at this article by The Federalist because... Uh, Meghan Markle did this interview with Oprah, and I don't, I didn't watch it, but my brother did because his wife did, <laughs> and he wrote me and he said, "Chris, you got to watch this interview. It's anything that you could have imagined. It's a thousand times worse." And everybody's talking about this interview. Um, I still haven't seen it, but Valeria watched it, and so we're gonna get her take on it in one second. First, I'm gonna read this a little bit of this from the Federalist, their take, which I think is probably pretty good. Um, says Meghan Markle wants to be a victim because our culture rewards it. And this is exactly a point that I made um, a couple of days ago, I think, uh, either on this show or maybe in a video that I did for Mr. Reagan. I can't remember, but I, I made this whole point about how... Oh, no, it was a video I made for Mr. Reagan about how it was called um, The Joy of Blackface. If you haven't seen it, it's one of my most popular videos recently, um, mainly because I think some leftists are getting wind of it and they're complaining about it. So it's got like over 200,000 views now. It's pretty, it's doing pretty well for me. Um, but I, I made a video about how if being black in America is such a curse and being white is such a benefit, then why are so many white people pretending to be black in America right now? You've got all these people trying to be black, trying to be Hispanic, you know, even, even like, um, even like uh, Kamala Harris, you know, who's 
who's Indian, culturally Indian. Her mother's Indian. Her father's Jamaican. She's trying to make this association with black Americans like she's a black American. She's not black. I mean, she's she's black in the sense that she has some African ancestry. But she she didn't grow up like in Compton. She grew up... I mean, she was born and raised in L.A. for the first few years of her life, but she went to high school in, I think, Montreal, Canada. I mean, she's as white as I am culturally, but she but she pretends to have this connection to the black community, which I, I really don't think is legitimate at all. But she does that because it pays to be black in America, right? They're, they're, it, it pays to be not just black, but a black victim. If you're black like our friend Errol, right? Errol Weber or... Uh, or Major, Major Williams. If you're black like, uh, and you don't pretend to be a victim, then it's a lot different than if you're black in America and you go around saying, oh, I'm so oppressed because of my blackness. Right? You can get a lot of mileage out of that on the left. Obviously, with conservatives, we, 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 we kind of laugh at you and scoff at you. But on the left, they actually do reward you for being a black victim or saying you're a black victim. And Meghan Markle has obviously figured this out. And so now she's doing it. I mean, I think she's always done it, if I'm honest. But let's let's have a look here. Meghan Markle wants to be a victim because our culture rewards it. On this episode of the Federalist Radio Hour, uh, Federalist staff editor Madeline Osborne joins culture editor Emily uh, Jahinsky. Sorry, Emily, I don't know your la- how to pronounce your name there. Uh, to break down Oprah's interview with Prince Harry and Meghan Markle and the allure of the royal family to Americans. They need a way to shut the door on their life in the United Kingdom, and they and they kind of needed the clashing. They needed the excuse. They needed it to be big, and they needed to be the victims. Of course, Osborne said. I don't want to say everything that Meghan said in her mental about her mental health or the things that they said about her baby. I don't want to say all that was a lie, but I do think... It is helping them to shut the door on their lives there and to rebrand themselves in the USA. Um, this is kind of somewhat similar to, and if you want to watch this on the Federalist, that's probably a good listen. I didn't actually listen to the to the podcast, but um, but I will say this is similar to what I was talking about in in my Meghan Markle video that I'm going to put put up again tomorrow tomorrow morning, which you can watch. It's um, you know, a lot of it is about how she pretends to be some kind of a victim. And she is a princess. She's like, she's got a life that so many women around the world are just, would just be desperate to have. But because she's been privileged since she's a little child, she's been an actress, right? She's been in commercials and TV shows and stuff. She's always been treated like a, a beautiful young woman. She's got this, um, you know, this look, which we used to call... Um, uh, ethnically ambiguous, which was very popular in Hollywood at the time she was coming up, and you know now she's now I suppose she would just ca- call herself black because ethnically ambiguous doesn't have as much cachet anymore. Um, so, so now we have this uh, th- th- this girl who grew up in Hollywood, Hollywood royalty, you know, growing up with the glitz and glamour of Hollywood, being treated like a princess. Now she's you're right there. <laughs> I told you, I told you, you got to keep it in line with the. With the leg, um, now she's got now she's got to deal with being a good one. That's great. That's fantastic. Shall we watch Valeria struggle with the microphone? This is quite fun. <laughs> All right, I'll, I'll switch back while she tries to figure that out. Uh, but now she's got to be a, a princess uh, with responsibility. If you're a Hollywood princess, you have no responsibilities. There are no consequences to like. 
you know, being bratty on set or, you know, being a little bit uh, late for something. Uh, it, none of that matters. But if you're... Okay, is this a complete disaster? Yes. Do I have to come over and fix it? <laughs> All right, Valeria's... Uh, one moment, please. I don't know how that happened. Now talk into the camera. So, Valeria, well, you can't actually because <laughs> because you don't have a microphone now. I don't think anybody can Well, can you even fix it? Yeah, I can fix it, but it's gonna take some work. Gosh. You know, this has happened before. I need a fork. I need a fork to fix it. I mean, I can I can talk like this. It's fine. I can just hold it. Yeah, I can hold it. It's fine. <laughs> Just give me. All right, ladies and gentlemen. So this is once again the least professional show on YouTube. I blame my wife. <laughs> she she broke this off once before. I fixed it. Now she's broken it off again. Fixing it again. It's all right. It's just you know. This, this is a piece of plastic, so... Oh my goodness. Can we even get it to work here? Let's see. There we go. All right. Let's have, okay, try not to destroy it this time, please. <laughs> okay, I think we got it. I think we got it, folks. I think we've got it. All right. Okay, I'm just not gonna touch it. Uh, you do you need it lowered? I I don't want to touch. <laughs> you can you can lower it. You should be able to lower it. You gotta uh, you gotta unscrew that big one, and then pull it down a little bit, and then screw it back tight. I just again. do like this. There you go. <clears throat> All okay. right. Good. Sorry for that, ladies and gentlemen. Now you get a little see a little bit of um, you know why our show is the worst show on YouTube. <laughs> <laughs> all right so now for the moment we've all been waiting for valeria yes you watched this megan markle interview what did you think well i understand why she did it why well, she did the interview yeah make money even though in the beginning of the show they said i didn't get paid for it uh, there is no limit of questions. I'm sure somehow there was a there was a rumors about nine million dollars, but not specifically for the interview. Maybe for like I don't know using her name or something. I don't know, but I don't believe that she didn't get paid first. Or even if she's not getting paid, it keeps them in the news. It raises their profile. That's that's her goal. Even even though she said, "Oh, we we want privacy." One like sure, quiet sure. normal life, and yeah. If you, now if you want privacy, this... you don't go on Oprah. Yeah, she she <laughs> she's doing everything the opposite. But I don't say why Harry did this. Harry, that's how. Yeah, Harry. Yeah. Harry. Uh, sorry, Harry, for pronouncing your name wrong. I know okay. he does watch this. <laughs> okay. Thumbs up, Harry. Because what he said. He completely destroyed his relationship with his family. Do you think so? What What did he say specifically that was really uh, 
egregious. He wasn't he wasn't really clear when he was answering questions. I mean, Oprah is great, great questions. Meghan Markle was also like straight answering, but Harry he like he wasn't even prepared. Right, because because I mean, Meghan Markle is a, a trained actress. She's been acting since she was yeah, a child. She knows how to deal with press. So, You'd think that he would too, though, since he grew up with media. But he doesn't. He doesn't do media junkets quite in the same way that an actress does, right? So if you're an actor in Hollywood, you go to these media junkets where you get you know thirty actor thirty uh, reporters asking actors questions and. You know, the actors are just sitting there with the posters behind them, and then you get reporter after reporter coming in and asking various questions, and they really get trained to deal with reporters and talk to reporters. And I mean, Harry was a privilege that Oprah called him privilege oh. because he was, he's a yeah. prince. He grew yeah. up in the palace. Yeah. Wasn't he, like, trained to be behave and uh, talk and a good education, you sure. know? Sure, probably not quite with the same emphasis as his brother. No, but he said stuff like he was trapped, but he didn't know that he was trapped, but he was trapped. <laughs> right. And yeah. Megan somehow rescued him? Okay, yeah. fine, maybe that's true. And he also said about Diana that family didn't like like her, like yeah. something about. This re this reminds me a lot of of women who will will accuse someone of sexual harassment many years later, and they'll say, "At the time, I thought it was so funny, and I just thought he was so charming and such a gentleman, and I thought we were flirting and everything was great. It wasn't until later when my friends told me that this was sexual harassment that I realized actually." I was in a terrible situation. It's like, no, no, you weren't. No, you weren't. You were just flirting with your boss and it was fun and everybody's having a good time. And now some annoying feminist has told you that you need to be offended and now you're offended, right? Or like, you know, like I, I grew up with, with uh, one of my good friends was black, right? And, you know, I've never had an issue with it, but I could imagine... Oh, no, there was another girl. Actually, there was a girl that I was also friends with who was black. And later on, she did say something that I said was racist. I'm like, what the hell are you talking about? Like, you know that I'm, I'm not a racist. We're, you're like one of my best friends. What are you talking about? And she's like, well, I had, I was talking to a friend of mine, and she, she made it clear that what you said was racist. I'm like, no, no it wasn't. No, it wasn't. We're friends. We're joking around about stuff. You, you can say stuff amongst friends that maybe you can't say, you know, amongst strangers because they might take it the wrong way or something like that because, specifically because... Your friends should know how to take it, but you get these people who, you know, who come in and they'll explain to you, oh, actually, your life was really bad because X, Y, and Z, but you may not have realized because when you were in it, you didn't have the perspective. But that's how you, like, F, F with people's heads, right? That's how you mess with people's minds. You twist them against other people that they should love or, or care about, and they, and they make them, it's called gaslighting, right? It's like, don't believe your actual experiences. Believe what I'm telling you your experiences were, right? That, that's what gaslighting is. And so I think people have been gaslighting Harry and telling him that, you know, his life was so terrible when, in fact, Harry, Harry go, go live in the Appalachian Mountains for a while with some poor, like, meth-head white people, right? Everybody always says, oh, black people are poor, black people are poor. A lot of white people are poor, too, all right? Go live with some poor white folks in the mountains in America for a week. Come back, 
and tell me that you were trapped. I was trapped. I was trapped with my billions of dollars. Anyway, and sorry. And Megan also said he, she was uh, somehow trapped. Uh-huh. And she was thinking about suicide and stuff, which is completely BS. Okay. And she also said that she was trapped. Uh, they didn't have her too much to do because she was unexperienced. Yeah. And uh, also they, like, talked about COVID and stuff. And well, yeah, what, what do you mean? Like, she didn't have as many responsibilities as, Yeah, say, because they, they didn't, like... She didn't know anything. Kate Middleton. Kate Middleton would have been doing more stuff than she did. Yeah. I so mean, she's complaining that she was trapped and given less responsibilities. Yeah, and... Um, while COVID, we were trapped in a tiny apartments, and she was trapped in a huge palace with gardens and. Uh, oh no no no! She was trapped it, in many palaces. They have many palaces. They don't just have one. So hard. <laughs> they could have gone to any of their many palaces. Yeah, but it sounds her. Hundreds of it, rooms. It sounds her. They locked her in one tiny room. <laughs> Did they? It it sounds like it. I I highly doubt. That she was actually physically trapped in one tiny room. I really highly doubt that. She probably could have gone to a variety of different places. You trying to sneeze? You want to, you want me to no. switch the camera to me so that you can blow your nose or something? No, it's fine. All right. We'll switch it back to your beautiful face. Uh, and she did say, she said that basically that the royal family was racist against her. They said that the royal family was racist against the child that she was carrying yeah. back then. Yeah. Because they were Archie, discussing right? his skin tone. Right, right. Potential, because they didn't yeah. know how dark is he going to be, I guess. Yeah. But did you notice that they didn't actually say specifically what was said about the kid's skin tone? Yeah. It might have been, been just basically like, uh, you know, I wonder if he's going to come out with a tan. Ha, ha, ha. Well, first, or something like Oprah, that. Oprah asked this question many times in the beginning with just Megan. Yeah. Where, where are you going? I can't talk when you're not looking at me. Yes. Really? I'm reading. I'm reading comments. And you are a professional, and I'm not. I'm listening. I'm just changing the brightness. So and. Oprah asked this question couple at least like two times. First with Megan in the beginning of the show. Mm -hmm. And when Harry sit down and start talking, she also asked him and he just said, I'm not going to, I'm not going to, I'm not going to answer this. It's like too personal or something. Mm -hmm. and that, so they didn't say anything. But I mean, I don't think maybe it happened but i don't think i mean royal family they let her in yeah they welcomed her they as... were welcomed yes yeah, she said they were nice they were welcome i've never heard her say anything about them talking about race ever until this and particular like interview 21st century your guys how can you discuss yeah but like yeah. child had 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 the queen told harry i don't think you should bring you know a black american woman into the family okay maybe then she would have some kind of basis for what she's saying but that was never said right it was understood i i assume that it was understood to some degree that once harry married this half black girl that he would have a quarter black child 
I don't think that 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 like was something that they were like, oh, you know what I just thought of? <laughs> this child is going to be partly black. Good lord! We well, they well they said they on the show that they're having a girl. So oh, they're having another be... child. Okay, she's pregnant. She's pregnant. Okay, yeah, yeah. And she's gonna deliver a baby in summertime, I think. I thought she just had that COVID fifteen. It's a joke, sorry. And now, now Palace will talk. Oh, what about this girl skin tone? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I don't yeah. know. Yeah, I mean, I mean, you know, it's 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 actually benefits them to create controversy. It benefits them to create some kind of, uh, you know, so, so, news because guess who's talking about it. Everyone. Toxic masculinity. Everyone Even we're talking, talking about, about it. this. We're Everyone. Talking, yeah. All right. Well, let's move on because I got a whole video about Meghan Markle. If you want to catch up on that, yeah, uh, we just spent thirty minutes on Meghan Markle. Yeah, yeah. That's I blame you for that. I don't know why, but it's your fault uh, uh, because you like that stuff. I don't really keep up with it except for the video that I made about it. So let's um, but let's move on to the next story, shall we? Okay. What do we got? Urban Dictionary bans blue anon anon. Uh, blue and on. Blue and on. Blue I messed it on. up. You messed it up. You, she, you, you she taught works, me. You taught me how to pronounce. You worked it. so hard on it. I the forgot, show. <laughs> and I forgot. All right. Well, let's let's have a look at this. I love this story. Um, I love blue and on. In fact, I love blue and on. I love the term so much. I'm actually going to do a full video on the concept of blue and on for Mr. Reagan. I've written it in my notes. It's on the list. Um, and this is the first I he I'd heard of it. Uh, when the person who collates these news stories sent me this headline, I was like, Blue Anon, what's that? Um, so Blue Anon is a term that's being used uh, mainly on Twitter to talk about how leftists are obsessed with conspiracy theories way more than we are on the right, right? So we have like QAnon, which by the way, I, I've always suspected that a lot of the QAnon stuff, not all of it, but a lot of it is um, is like... Um, uh, misinformation or disinformation that's being spread by democrats right so if so a lot of the republicans were saying they found us valeria they've they've got us <laughs> a lot a lot of republicans who believed the QAnon stuff were saying oh look you know Trump's doing this for this reason or that reason because of the pedophile ring and all this kind of stuff. I mean, I, I'll be honest, I, I didn't go down the rabbit hole ever with QAnon, so I, I'm not as privy with it as, you know, as I should be. Um, but a lot of people that I knew that were hardcore Q people were saying, oh, no, it's the, the reason he's doing it is because of this. And, the, and there was all these things that I didn't really understand or believe for a second, but people really believed it. And I think that's at least some of that stuff, once... Once leftists figured out that some people on the right believed in this Q stuff, I think they were pumping out really weird stuff that was totally false to try to to try to take people off of the focus. And and at one point I almost made a video about how we need to stop focusing on this QAnon crap because we need to focus what the real issues are. I mean, I had those I had those conversations privately with like Sebastian Gorka and, and people like that, but I never actually talked about it on my channel and some of you are probably q people some of you probably are sitting there going but chris you're wrong this and this and this are true like i'm not saying every single thing that q people believe is false i think probably most of the stuff q people think is true but if you are privy to uh, if you are if you do have a tendency to believe this 
anonymous Q person, then you are priming yourself to be lied to, right? You're putting yourself in a position where you're going to start getting rumors sent through the same channels that you got the other Q stuff, you know, this whisper here, this whisper there, this, you know, and then some of that stuff is going to be, um, is going to be uh, started by leftists who realize they can spread disinformation that way. Uh, naturally, that's going to happen. So I do think some of the Q stuff was originated uh, by leftists trying to spread disinformation in conservative circles. That's my thought, and I really do believe that. But anyway, let's move on to Baluanon, which is far worse than QAnon. And the reason is because QAnon really was believed by, you know, a, a, a pretty a, a pretty significant but relatively small fringe of the Republican Party amongst conservatives. Um, Q isn't like, you know, the Q army, it, I wouldn't say is a hugely significant portion of conservatives. It's a significant group. It's a significant number of people, but it's not like a huge number of conservatives. It's a, it's, a, it's still a fringe group, I would I would say. So most of the most of the conservatives they don't believe in most of the QAnon conspiracy stuff. But the problem with the Blueanon phenomenon, with people like Rachel Maddow spreading disinformation about the Russian connection and all that kind of nonsense, is that these are mainstream views of Democrats. Blueanon conspiracy theory stuff is not fringe beliefs by crazy radical left Democrats. This is stuff that's believed by almost all Democrats. That's why I think it's far more egregious. Let's have a look here. The Urban Dictionary, which allows users to submit virtually any phrase with any definition, has removed a reference to Bluanon, a new phrase mocking leftists for their belief in what right-wing conspiracy theories. That's actually misstated. Um, he means conspiracy theories involving conservatives basically uh conspiracy theories such as the russian the russia hoax justice the justice smollett hoax uh ukraine hoax covington kids hoax and the brett kavanaugh hoax the move comes just 24 hours after journalist jack uh uh shoot jack posobic posobiak i've read his name so many times on twitter i follow him on twitter i have no idea how to pronounce it sorry jack if you see this video i am so sorry all right the move comes just 24 hours after J journalist jack posobiak uh pointed out the blue and on entry to his more than 1 million twitter followers uh in the entry says blue and on a loosely organized network of democrat voters politicians and media personalities who spread left-wing conspiracy theories there we go that's better uh, such as the Russia, the Russia hoax, Justice Smollett hoax, Ukraine hoax, Covington kids hoax, and Brett Kavanaugh hoax. Blue and on adheres fervently. Uh, Blue and on adherents fervently believe that right wing extremists are going to storm, storm Capitol Hill any day now and remove lawmakers from office. And it goes on from there. Uh, let's see here. Uh, hence the need for the deployment of thousands of national guards, uh, guard stationed at the U.S. Capitol, is what it says. So then, then he then he posts another uh, tweet, which says, "I've never heard of a word being banned from Urban Dictionary before, and yet they banned Balloonon, right?" And so you can, can see, sorry, we couldn't find Balloonon, <laughs> <laughs> which he's right. I've never heard of that. That's pretty funny. Uh, the Post Millennial uh, wrote about this. They said that the definition of Balloonon is loot. Okay, we already read that. Um, yeah, we we already read that. Okay, Kurt, uh, Kurt. Uh, Schlichter, Schlichter, 
I guess. No idea. Writes, uh, Blue and on exists. Q and on Q does not. I love that. Yeah, that's true. Uh, and as journalist Ian Miles Chong notes, I also follow him, and he posts a lot. That guy posts more than anybody else I know on Twitter. Um, uh, notes as we did as as did we. Oh shoot, as did we while researching for this report. Sorry, as journalist uh, Ian Miles Chong notes, as as did we while researching this report. Google appears to be censoring searches for Blue Anon. Oh, really? I didn't even read that far down the article. I didn't even know that until this very moment. So you, can, if you look at, if you if you write Blue Anon into Google, Google's censoring that particular phrase. You can't find stuff on it. It's unbelievable. Let's see here. People are writing me on uh, Signal. Don't do that while I'm working, because then it puts up that little thing at the bottom. It's frustrating. I can't get rid of it without opening your... Anyway, let's see here. Google censored searches for Blue Anon. Okay, quite quite a difference between searching for Google and DuckDuckGo for Blue Anon. Okay, so DuckDuckGo is not... Uh, let, let's actually look at that. I don't know this guy, Rye Libertarian. But let's look at the image that you've posted. Okay, so if you look at Google, it's snowboarding stuff... That's pretty funny. You can't find anything on 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 the blue and on as we were talking about it. But if you go to DuckDuckGo, there you go. The new conspiracy theory group called Blue and On, invented describe. So you get articles, you get all kinds of stuff. Daily Handle, never heard of that site. Red State, Post Millennial. Oh, and and this was maybe back when it was still in the Urban Dictionary, perhaps. I don't know. But anyway, that's pretty cool. That's pretty funny. I, I, I love this story. Um, and this guy wrote all about it, and he wrote some interesting stuff. It's a good story to read here on, uh, on uh, what is this, Zero Hedge? Or I guess Post-Millennial wrote about it. It's good, a good story. But what I really love is I love that we finally have a term for all these conspiracy theories and the movement to... You know, because we just used to call it fake news, and fake news was such a loose term, and it was something that they could deny, right? Like they could say, like, "Oh no, um, this isn't fake news. We're not lying to you. We're just we're, blue anon." <laughs> yeah, well, now we can call it blue anon, but but for I think for a long time, people were, you know, the left could basically say, like, "Oh, we we um we may have got a story wrong." But our intentions are noble. We're actually trying to get you the real news. It's it's the it's the Q people. It's the people on the right. It's the you know it's the it's Fox News. These are the people that are telling you lies. We're not lying to you. We may get some stories wrong, but we're trying to tell you the truth because we sound like real journalists. Um, and until now, we didn't really have a good way of. What are you looking at? It's not nice when people aren't looking at you when you're talking, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay, so so you know, but now with this term blue and on, we can point to the left and say, look, there is this phenomenon where they are they are uh what do you I don't know, distributing and popularizing these conspiracy theories, and they're they're doing it in such a way that uh, it it has become a kind of mainstream thing for them. Like it's it's a typical thing. We can list them and we can talk about it as a thing. And I'm definitely doing a video on this. I love that somebody came up with the term blue and on. I think it's fantastic. And I think that this should become like a staple thing that we talk about all the time. Any thoughts, darling? No. If you listen to me even for a second about that, I'm I not just sure. want when I hear um, anon. Yeah. 
I'm thinking about something vulgar, so... Oh, because she was pronouncing it... She was pronouncing <laughs> it Blue Annan. She's like, Blue Annan? Sounds a little bit like Blue Anal. I'm like, Valeria! That is disturbing. That is horrible. And I shunned her for this very uh, unladylike joke. <laughs> and I may have laughed. All right. All right, let's move on. Let's move on to the next one, darling. Okay. California bill to ban boys' and girls' toy sections in department stores. Yes, this is a crazy story. So, let's see here. This this actually infuriated me. Infuriated me. Because... So they basically are trying to say here, oh, let's just read a little bit of it. A bill introduced to the California legislature would require large department stores to stop divvying up toys and childcare items into boys and girls sections. No more pink and blue. Uh, in the state of California, we hope to inspire, for example, more girls to get into science and engineering and mathematics. <laughs> I really want girls to be scientists, even if they don't want to. Um, we want to ensure that these uh, periodic tables and dinosaurs are not in the boys section said Assemblyman uh, Evan Lowe D. Campbell, Democrat. I don't know what Campbell means. Uh, maybe maybe it's from a particular area of California. I don't know. Uh, we just want to let kids be kids. That's what we, we don't want kids to be kids. We don't want them to be boy kids or girl kids. We just want them to be kid kids. Lowe, uh, I don't know what that means. Lowe, I guess, is the last name of this person. Yeah, Evan Lowe. Lowe, chairman of the legislative... LGBT caucus, of course he is, was a co-author of the measure with Assemblywoman Christina Garcia, who spells her name wrong, um, Democrat from Bell Gardens. Okay, so I guess Campbell is a region somewhere. Um, leader of the Legislative uh, Women's Caucus. The bill introduced February 18th is in committee. Blah, 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 blah. All that kind of crap. Playtime is fun, but it's also developing a skill set, she said. It's about ideas being creative. We want to make sure... We're not limiting kids' creativity. Okay, this is something that bugs the hell out of me, and I'll tell you why. For all of my life, almost, since I was since I was like a little boy, I can never remember a time in school when, uh, when girls didn't do well, necessarily well, in math or science. At least when I was growing up. So I, I was born in 1979. I grew up basically through the 80s and 90s. Why am I, why am I shush? 1979. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know what? Never mind. I'm not that old. I'm 29, ladies and gentlemen. I just look old. Um, but anyway, so I grew I grew up in an era in which, in fact, okay, so I had a friend who went to school for teaching, and she actually took classes about like um, the the social stuff that was that had occurred in teaching since the 60s. And she, she told me that what she had learned in that class is that since the 60s, there was this really big push to get women into math and science. And what had inevitably happened, or incidentally happened, was that boys had been neglected. So what they had done is they had tried to, to, tried to restructure all of the, the school stuff to push girls into learning and becoming CEOs and becoming scientists and all this stuff. And a lot of boys got neglected by teachers because they were so focused on trying to teach women and that was 100% my experience my experience in when I was a child in 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 school was all of the teachers would would uh 
take care of the girls, give them extra time, have them like have a little private one-on-one uh, uh, ch- chit chats. And the boys, they would just essentially be disciplined the whole time. I had a teacher once say that you aren't allowed to have books on your desk, uh, and I and I and I, I I don't remember why, but for some reason I did have my books on my desk. And she took them off my desk. She threw them on the ground and she stepped on them. <laughs> because in her mind, the boys were bad and needed to be disciplined. And the girls were good and needed to be cared for and treated well. And, and encouraged to, to... Now, for you, it's going to be a bit different because you're from, from Russia. So your whole system would have been different. Darling, in my school, a teacher threw a book at the boy and <laughs> almost hit me. And that teacher... She taught my dad when he was in school, and she taught me. Oh, really? She's been around for a long time. Well, but you did very, very well in math and science. and In fact, you got a degree in accounting. I I, I didn't do bad. I mean, I was good in everything, I guess, but I didn't really understand. But the fact that you were a girl, the fact that you were a girl didn't didn't limit you in terms of what you could learn because i was a girl and i was an ambitious girl my teacher my chemistry teacher was bullying me oh yeah you had well she valeria had an unusual circumstance in which uh she had some crazy people in her small town that thought that ambition was a bad thing because you grow up in a small town and you're gonna die in the small town you're not allowed to have ambition in my in my village i wouldn't call it town like 800 people come on guys yeah so that that that, that's a unique experience that you don't typically have in most places but the point is that being a girl specifically that didn't actually limit you and your ability to do well in school in particular subjects Uh, and and i i've just never seen i've just never seen my whole life growing up i've never seen any girl discouraged from doing anything because she's a girl, except maybe traditional female roles. So I've seen my whole life women encouraged to do everything that men do, anything they want to do. You can be whatever you want, but just don't be a housewife, right? It might not have been a direct discouragement, but they're like women are discouraged from trying to take up like sewing or cooking or, you know, uh, being a housewife or just, you know, that, that my whole life, that has been sidelined as sort of like not having you know not being good enough for women like women are should be ceos women should be you know achieve all these amazing things and if you're just a housewife that's just not good enough right you're not a good feminist basically and i absolutely hate that well in russia you have to be a good housewife a good mom a good wife a uh, work supermodel Yes, otherwise the guy will have uh, another woman on the side. That's <laughs> <laughs> true. It's actually very sad, but I'm just so glad that I, I'm not in Russia and I'm not married Russian man. So let's move on. Okay, you just want to move on from this, anyway. So um, the, the the point is the point is that this um, that you have this uh, bill that's going to ban boys and girls toys being put in the same. Uh, uh, shelves, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, sorry, ban them putting on separate shelves. They have to all be put on the same shelf. But here's the thing: like, wh- are they going to do that with clothes next? You know, because there are no genders. There's only, you know, you you can be a boy if you're a girl. You can be a girl if you're a boy. So we're just going to put all the clothes together. That's just going to make it take longer to find the clothes that you need, and or, or the cut right of clothes that you want, because men don't wear the same. Like, a lot of men don't know this about fashion. I do, because <laughs> I used to know a fashion designer. But the cut of your clothes, the way that the 
clothes are, are designed is very different for men and for women, right? Uh, women's clothes complement a woman's figure and, and men's clothes complement the figure of a man. And you have to cut it in a particular way to look good on a man or to look good on a woman. Uh, and you're not going to want to pick up a T-shirt that was made for a woman if you're a guy because it's going to look weird. And you're not going to, you know, girls can kind of get away with men's clothes, but men can't really get away with women's clothes. I mean, it just doesn't look right. And so it's just going to take people longer to find the clothes that they need when they go to the store. I mean, this is just, it's just such a stupid thing. Like... Look, if you're a boy who wants girl stuff, go to the girl section. If you're a girl who wants boy stuff, go to the boy section. Like, if I wanted, <laughs> you know, what's funny actually, my um, my my uh, one of my really good friends growing up, I'm not gonna give his name because it might embarrass him. I don't think he watched the show, but uh, his mom was a strong feminist. She was actually the head of an organization called the La Leche League, which encouraged women to breastfeed their children when they were kids. It's kind of a I don't know if it's a good or bad organization, but it discouraged, it? Discour it discouraged bottle feeding to... and encouraged breastfeeding. Ah, encouraged. Like more, to be more natural, I okay. guess, or something like that. So she had these breastfeeding posters like in her house, which as kids we were like, ooh, boobs. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, but also one thing that she, she did is she, she bought she, – because she was way ahead of the curve, man. This is like early 80s. She was anti-feminist? No, no. She was a strong feminist. So why would she encourage – I don't want to. I don't want to digress too much into that. Okay. Okay. So this is the early '80s, and she was way ahead of the curve because she was buying. I'm not joking. My my good friend and his siblings were also boys. She had all boys, three boys. She bought them all Barbies. She bought them all Barbies to play with as kids. And I mean, I didn't even understand this as a kid. I would be like, "Wait, your mom buys you Barbies?" And he's like, "I, I don't know. Yeah." But the but you know what they would do with the Barbies? You know what they would do with the Barbies? They just strip them naked and make them like make out and have sex and shit. Yeah, like <laughs> that was all they. I mean, what is a little boy gonna do with a Barbie? He's gonna tear its clothes off, obviously. <laughs> That's a funny comment. Uh, fact check: chest feeding. Chest feeding. Yeah, that's right. It's some people are calling it chest feeding because some women can breastfeed even though they're men and they don't want to be considered to have breasts or whatever. I don't know. It's the whole trans thing has just made everything crazy. But anyway, yeah, you cannot take the boy out of the boy. Like, I mean, boys are boys, girls are girls. Yeah. Some boys are more effeminate. Some girls are more masculine, but at the end of the day, boys are boys, girls are girls. Just like, stop pretending. The whole thing about being a leftist is like living in fantasy world. You're like, oh, I don't like, I don't like the way the world is, so let's just make something up. Let's just pretend that boys aren't actually boys, and it society makes them that way. But if we give them dolls, they're going to be less. They're 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 all going to be like better. Uh, trust me, my friend is not like a better man for having Barbies. Trust me, he's he's not a bad guy, but I would say he's much more of a he he's much more of a misogynist than I am. Yeah, because and it's not because of the way he it's not because of the way he speaks to women or about women. It's he 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 doesn't. Yeah, you know, well, it's about his dating habits, let's just say. But the point the point is uh, uh, giving giving a little boy Barbies is not going to make him a better man. OK, it's not going to change who he is. He's going to be a guy. He's going to want to, like, be with girls. That's it. I mean. 
you could you could probably mess some kids up. I mean, some kids probably are are definitely, you know, you can screw up their brains. But I mean, just let na- let's just let nature nature take its course. Well, why, why do we get it? See, their their theory is that it's society that makes boys masculine, it's society that makes women feminine, and therefore, if we but they, these experiments have been going on forever. I mean, they've they've done these experiments for generations upon generations upon generations of people trying to do these experiments where they make boys girls and girls boys and it always ends in disaster and this idea that boys aren't born like that like the way they are and women are not born the way they are it's just been disproven over and over and over again but leftists they don't follow the science folks that's the problem they don't follow the science they just ignore science altogether they go oh well this says that a boy's a boy well we that can't be right all right, anyway, yeah, we, we maybe should move on. I'm, I'm taking a little too long with this. What's well, the next Well, we have story? 10 minutes left, and we still have three topics. All right, well, let's go through them quick. Okay. <laughs> Pippi La Pew uh, gets yeah. canceled yeah, from the Space Jam sequel. Space Jam. Jam yeah, sequel. so I'm, I'm uh, you know, the problem is that today we've just got so many good stories, guys. Just so many good stories. Which I have to thank your... Yeah, my, my story collator, whose name I know. Ashley. <laughs> it's okay, Ashley. He does remember my name sometimes. It's true. That's I, why he calls me darling all the time. It's true. And I, uh, uh, Victoria, right? That's, uh, no, I have um, I, what, my, one of my best friends, uh, my buddy Kurt. I forget his name all the time. I got a buddy Jeff who was one of my best friends in LA for a long time, which I haven't seen him in like a year. I should, I should reconnect with Jeff. Anyway, I could never remember his name. Uh, I have another buddy, Adrian, that lives here in LA. Can't ever remember his name. I can remember them all today for some reason. I don't know why, but usually I forget them. All right, so let's just have a look at this. This is ridiculous. Okay, Pepe Le Pew scene cut from Warner Brothers Space Jam sequel. And I've seen this on, um, yeah, I've seen this on Twitter a little bit going around, people laughing about this. The iconic Looney Tunes character Pepe Le Pew has been axed from the upcoming Warner Brothers theatrical sequel, Space Jam, A New Legacy, starring LeBron James. I guess it's a legacy of wokeness. Let's see here. Uh, a scene in which the cartoon character Pepe Le Pew hits, a, uh, hits on a woman. Hits a woman. <laughs> <laughs> Whoops. That's very different. Uh, hits on a woman, gets a drink thrown on him, and has a restraining order filed against him has been cut from the Space Jam sequel, according to a report by Deadline. Deadline details the uh, purported scene as follows. Pepe was set to appear in a black and white Casablanca-like Rick's Cafe sequence. Pepe being a bartender starts hitting on a woman at the bar, played by... Um, I don't know how to pronounce that name. Grishi? Grishi Santo. Uh, he begins kissing her arm, which she pulls back, and uh, then slamming Pepe into a chair next to hers, she pours her drink on Pepe and slaps him hard, sending him spinning on a stool, which is then stopped by LeBron James's hand. James and Bugs Bunny are looking for uh, are looking for Lola, and Pepe knows her whereabouts. Pepe then tells the guys that Penelope Cat... Um, has filed a restraining order against him. I love that. <laughs> James makes a remark in the script that Peppy can't grab uh, other tunes without their consent. Oh, so it was a little learning moment. It was a little sexual harassment learning moment. This uh, this scene was supposed to be, and they've cut that out because even that, even that is too. You can't even learn about sexual harassment anymore. But so Valeria doesn't know much about Peppy Le Pew. I had to tell her about this character last night. 
But what a lot of these people don't realize, I think, is that the joke about Pepe Le Pew was not just that he was a womanizer. Okay, that that is his character. Okay, it's kind of a funny thing. It's a character that exists in real life. There are men like that. Just ask uh, uh, the people of New York. But Pepe, <laughs> but Pepe Le Pew was funny, not because he was trying to go after this girl skunk, but because he was trying to go after a girl cat who had accidentally like walked under a paint bucket or something and had a, a white stripe painted down her back. And he thought that the cat was another skunk. He thought it was a female skunk, right? So this male skunk is going after what he thinks is a female skunk, but it's a female cat. And the female cat, you know, obviously, Pepe Le Pew, he's a, he's a, he's a skunk. He smells bad. So the cat is naturally like, get away, get the hell away from me. <laughs> Like, you smell terrible, right? And Pepe Le Pew is like, oh, why? Why do, you, why do you want to get away from me? You know, you are so beautiful and, uh, you know, you must love me. Uh, sorry, that, that accent was terrible. I can't do a French accent, by the way, but that was not it. I don't know what the hell that was. It was like Dracula or something. But anyway, so Pepe Le Pew is always trying to get with this cat who he thinks is a skunk. That's why it's funny. That's why it's funny. Okay? It's because he's, he's basically being catfished, right? It's like the first ever instance of catfishing is with a real cat. Uh, <laughs> so that that's why it's funny, but people don't people aren't thinking getting to that point because they're so focused on this idiotic, you know, oh, you know, sexual harassment stuff or whatever. Um it's sad, I think. It's just sad. Like we can't even have comedy anymore. We can't have jokes even in cartoons. It's all too too much. It's too evil. I don't know, it's crazy, but um, but it gets worse, ladies and gentlemen, because they've also decided to redraw, uh, to redesign the character of Lola Bunny. Now, let me just say this. I have never seen the original Space Jam, so this was not part of my childhood, so this doesn't really ruin anything for me. But I could imagine being a kid and seeing this bunny on the left and thinking, ho, 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 Bugs Bunny... I would go for her too. Good job, Bugs. <laughs> like, you are going after an attractive female bunny. That makes total sense to me because I imagine that, it, you know, in the in the first movie that she's introduced and then Bugs Bunny is like, holy smokes, this is gorgeous female bunny. I want to I wanna get with her. This is going to be my girlfriend or my wife or whatever it is he's thinking. And, you know, she's cute. She's got her midriff showing. You know, she's got the f figure of a woman. And then you look over here on the right, and it's like uh, gender neutral. Yeah, it's yeah, it's like gender gender neutral though. It's like she had a breast reduction. Uh, she stopped working out. Uh, this girl, Liz Katz, wrote, "The pandemic hit Lola Bunny hard," <laughs> which I thought was just hilarious. That's that's pure genius, as far as I'm concerned, uh, in terms of comedy. But uh, it's sad, right? You can't even have a kind of like a kind of sexy cartoon character bunny. For, for Bugs Bunny to want to be with, he's got to be with this kind of gender neutral sort of like giving a kind of smug, I don't, you know, I don't care look. Like that's not, that's not, there's nothing nice about that. That's not, nobody wants to look at that. This, lots of little boys would want to look at because <laughs> little boys like that kind of stuff. I'm sorry, but it's true. Now, if we look at Slate, Slate's written this big article here about how like uh, conservatives want you to be outraged by this. I don't care if you're outraged or not. I just don't think it's a smart thing for these people to do. But anyway, the guy who redesigned Lola writes, the new Lola will usher in gender equality, he writes. 
and her redesign will tone down her hypersexualized body. I mean, I don't think it was hypersexualized. It was certainly sexualized to some degree. Hypersexualized? I mean, at the boob size, it's hypersexualized. Yeah, yeah. Like, look at mine. I, look oh, at... <laughs> well, you're wearing a pretty heavy sweater. I, I think that's uh, why I'm wearing sweaters, guys. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay, because <laughs> she's trying to be gender neutral. Uh, uh, Okay, Jessica Rabbit, Jessica Rabbit, that's more, I would say, hypersexualized, mm -hmm. right? Uh, Lola Bunny is just ordinary sexualized. Um, hypersexualized, yeah, I'm not seeing nipples. I'm not seeing massive breasts. I'm not seeing. I no, see nothing. massive breasts. Oh, do you? <laughs> you think that's massive? Um, I'd say it's about, it's about like you. I'd say she's got about your physique, actually. If you look, if you look at other images of her, they're not quite as. Well, this one you can't really, can't really tell there, but, um, but yeah, it's not. Yeah, she just looks like uh, a woman. She looks like a woman, and here, her redesign will tone down her hypersexualized body, mostly created by fan artists. Okay, the fan art might be hypersexualized. I don't know. I've definitely chanced upon some kind of like weird cartoon stuff. Searching the internet. I think it's hard not to run into some of that stuff, but um, that's possibly true. But you don't have to tone down the hypersexualized body created by fan artists. I mean, nobody's asking them to go, okay, go find the most raunchiest, hypersexualized, you know, hardcore fan art of these cartoon characters and put those in the cartoon. Nobody's asking you to do that. You, people just want the things to stay relatively the same and not be, you know, neutered essentially they're just they're just desexualizing everything to the point where it's it's not but the thing is these people don't care about whether something's hypersexualized or not what they care about is whether it's gendered whether it's gendered that's what they really care about um so i guess the guy's name is ramirez he writes lola's new design should match her candor and demeanor change is usually good he writes change is usually good um, okay, one, no, that's not true. Change is usually bad, actually. But change is sometimes good. I'll give him that. Change is sometimes good. This is not one of those times. This is not one of those times. I think that having a sexy bunny for Bugs Bunny to like in the cartoon, nothing wrong with that. Changing it, I don't necessarily think there's anything wrong with that, actually. But I do think there's something wrong with it because of the reason they're doing it. They're de-gendering everything you know <laughs> it's anyway you know you know it's funny actually in the original cartoon uh bugs bunny was a cross-dresser <laughs> he did often dress up like a girl bunny yeah and also in the peppy Le Pew cartoon i want to say there was an episode that somebody made me aware of i hadn't seen it but somebody in my twitter feed told me um where peppy Le Pew, like had taken a shower or something and he was now um, he no longer smelled, and the cat lost her stripe, and so Pepe Le Pew was no longer attracted to her, I guess, because he was, because she realized she was a cat and she wasn't a skunk, mm -hmm. and so the whole episode was the cat thought that Pepe Le Pew was a, a male cat, and the girl cat was trying to get with Pepe Le Pew the whole time. It was all reversed, which I think is I, great. I lost. I okay. Okay, let's just The audience knows what I'm talking about. The audience knows what I'm saying. <laughs> you guys know you guys get it. All right, let's move on to the next story.
After defunding the police, New York City First Lady pleads for citizens to intervene in violent crimes as a salt spike. Uh-oh. I've lost this one. I've lost this one. Where is it? Oh, there we go. I found it. Okay. I will switch to this, and then we'll talk about it. All right. After defunding the police, New York First Lady... So this is, um, this is de Blasio's wife, who's black. Uh, and she's always been a kind of a supporter, I think, of Black Lives Matter, that kind of stuff, from what I understand. I don't really know much about de Blasio's wife, if I'm honest. Um, so this is here. The wife of Mayor Bill de Blasio wants citizens to personally, physically intervene. And actually, I don't think this is a bad thing. I think citizens should personally intervene. I think if you see some crime being committed, you know, tell the criminal to back off. And if he doesn't listen to you, knock him out. And if he's got a gun, shoot him. That's what I think. Uh, the wife of New York Mayor Bill de Blasio. But these are people who, who don't like the Second Amendment want to take all your guns. But they're telling you to intervene if criminals are attacking somebody randomly in the street. Now, you've got to do your duty. Do your, do, do your duty and be a vigilante. But you're not allowed to have guns. <laughs> uh, let's see here. Physically intervened to stop violent crimes nine months after she convinced her husband to get um, to get aboard the defund the police movement by redirecting money from police to youth initiatives and social services. And this is this is the other thing that's ridiculous about it. They want to defund the police and then they want citizen policing. But like a lot of criminals have knives and guns and stuff. And, and, and the reason that, that we have police is because police have body armor, guns, tasers They they can stop criminals safely more or less whereas a regular citizen is probably going to get shot if they try to intervene in a that's why most people don't um i do because uh i i ha, i do, do not value my life <laughs> so i will i have intervened in a crime or two in my day um but yeah it's a dangerous thing to do most people want to preserve their life and they don't do that but like if you're going to do it maybe carry a gun let's see here Shootings in New York City doubled in 2020 and were up 75% last month compared to the year prior. Burglaries have also increased and violent, unprovoked crimes against Asians have become endemic. As, Asians, uh, as, as attacks on Asian American communities continue, we're asking New Yorkers to show, show up for their neighbors to intervene when witnessing hateful, uh, violent or, hateful violence or harassment. I know that can be frightening when you aren't sure what to do or say, but you can learn New York first because that's all it takes. All it takes is, is, is standing up and saying something. And then the criminals just walk away. It's amazing. <laughs> New York, New York city's first lady. Uh, oh gosh, I can't pronounce this. Sherlane McRae wrote on Twitter, March 6th. Fear is a normal feeling when stepping into confrontation or standing up to somebody with a gun. Uh, but being prepared can help. And, be, and by being prepared, I think she means concealed carry. <laughs> I'm pretty sure that must be it, right? That must be what she means. So, guys, ladies and gentlemen, clearly the First Lady of New York, oh, gosh, Cherlane Chir McRae is advising you all to go out and buy a gun. Everybody in New York. That's her tweet there. Um, now, but here's the funny thing about this. Um, the people who are attacking these Asians are black men, are young black men. Almost all of them, almost every single incident. There's one, so 
I, I try to look into this a little bit. If you if you go on to say like USA Today, they've got a story about NYPD creates Asian hate criminal task force after spike in verbal physical attacks amid pandemic. And the picture they have is, and I'm not joking, this is from a sketch comedy bit where a, where a white woman is like disgusted because this Asian guy coughs next to her in a gym. But that's not, that's not the, where, they couldn't find any instances of white people attacking Asians or being mean to Asians. So they got an image from a sketch comedy show from, I think, YouTube or something like that. I have to look at, look into it. But uh, for, all I could tell was this was a sketch comedy bit. They've got the image of the white girl and the Asian and her like looking at him like, what the heck? And that is their image that they've used to talk about this. That's, their, that's their, the image they used for this story because they couldn't find anything real of white people being racist against Asians because it's all black people. It's all black people. I, I doubt that... Chris, can you say it more louder? Because like 80% people using this bleeding are black. <laughs> That's true. That's true. But I don't think Cherlane is aware of this. I don't think she understands what's happening. I don't think... So let's see here. I looked it up in one other area. And this is... They're talking about San Francisco area in particular here. Black and Asian unity attacks on elders spark reckoning with racism's roots. Um, and so in this story, they're basically talking about how... Um, there's a new problem stemming from these Asian attacks, which is that Asians are becoming more racist against black people. And this whole story tries to lay out how, despite the fact that it's all pretty much only black people attacking Asians, well, Asians, you know, they shouldn't see it that way. They shouldn't, they shouldn't, they shouldn't conceive of the fact that it's black people and they should have this like love and admiration and, and happiness towards black people, even though it's, pretty much exclusively black people going and attacking race uh, Asians in this racist way. Um, and if you read here, it says actually, let's see, I clicked on a link. They said that the, in this article somewhere, they, it's a really long article. Okay. It says, meanwhile, violence against Asians, I'll, I'll highlight this for you. Meanwhile, violence against Asians continues across the country. Some of the suspects, sorry, Meanwhile, violence against Asian against Asian me no learn to talk. <laughs> Meanwhile, violence against Asians continues across the country. Some of the suspects have been black, some of them have not. It's exhausting for Asian Americans to keep having to bear witness. It's exhausting for organizers, blah 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 blah, all this crap. But here's the thing. Some of them have not. But if you click on this link, it doesn't it doesn't show you like statistics. It doesn't show you like any kind of um, I don't want to click on it because it'll actually take you to a video on Twitter of a guy pushing over this Asian woman. Um, and he's a white guy. He's a white guy. But it, 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 it links you to this one incident of a white man pushing over an Asian woman, despite the fact that there's been dozens and dozens of black guys attacking Asians. But the one incident, if you click on it and you watch this guy push this Asian woman over, he's clearly like... He's clearly like mental. He's clearly like a mental person. He's clearly got like a mental problem. And so they picked the basically the one the one incident where there's a white guy attacking an Asian and saying and they've said, but some of the attacks have not been from black people. Okay, all but one. All but one. Don't don't shish me. Don't shish woman, I will beat you. Breathe I will beat you and let it go. <laughs> this that will be taken out of context at some point, I'm sure. <laughs> and I will I will now never win any 
any kind of an election. But that's okay. I like my job. Okay. All right. So let's let's move on to the last story. Anyway, so the point is, let, let's just say, the point is, it's hilarious to me. What's funny? Like, let's move on. No, but, but. but, no, I do want to say, it's hilarious to me that she wants people to intervene, which I think in general is a good idea. I think it's a good idea for for ordinary citizens to intervene when they see a crime being committed. If they can, you know, it's a man, you know, women probably shouldn't. I, I've seen women do it. They, they you know, they, they, they do a pretty good job too. But, uh, you know, and especially if you want to intervene in crimes, if you want to intervene in crimes, carry a gun. Please carry a gun. Get a gun. Go around the subways with your gun. You know, you got to get all the permits and everything. Make it legal. And then if you see a crime being committed, be like, hey, gentlemen, stop that. And and be as cheesy and superhero-like as possible. <laughs> and if they don't stop that, whip out the gun. That's vigilante justice. You know, I'm not saying shoot them. I'm just saying let them know that you have the power to stop them. And then they will leave. They will leave. Or they'll try to shoot you, one of the two. But, you know, you got to be prepared to fight back. What? Last story. All right, fine. Let's move on to the next story. I like I like talking about these. These are this is some great stuff. I here. know, but we are running out of time. We're running out of time, and we're scaring the neighbors. Apparently, according okay. to Valeria, the neighbors are frightened. All right, moving okay. on. Okay, history professor fired for posing a racist <sighs> question. This is great. This is great. So this is not a racist question. I just want to be clear. There is nothing racist about this question at all. Um, and I'm just going to cut right to the chase here because we don't have time. But basically, there's this guy, and he used to be a New York City police officer. He served during 9-11. And he's talking about the history of America and the history of trading goods generally, right? The uh, transatlantic trade routes. Not slave trade specifically, but the transatlantic slave routes, uh, transatlantic trade routes generally, encompassing all kinds of, you know, we're obviously talking about slavery here. But we're talking about lots of different stuff because most of the stuff that was traded uh, in the various, you know, across the Atlantic Ocean, it wasn't obviously people. Most of the stuff that was traded was sugar and spices and 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 uh, tobacco and whatever it was, you know, anything, whatever, uh, all kinds of goods, you know. Um, and so there were obviously <clears throat> slaves that were also that also came across, and slaves that produced some of the tobacco, and slaves that produced some of the sugar, and, and that kind of thing. And so if you take all of that together, because a lot of people like to say that, oh, you know, America was built on slavery. If we didn't have sla slaves, and you wouldn't have had the wealth that came up in the West. But it's like, how how did how did Europe evolve before white people were even introduced to Africans? Because there was a long period of, of time since since a little bit after the Roman era when Europeans didn't even have slaves, right? Sometime after the Roman era, slavery died out in Europe. Actually, they weren't allowed to have slaves. You, you couldn't enslave another European. Um, funnily enough, I have, a, I have an ancestry, I have some documentation from my ancestors uh, in Germany. And it says that we, we had a farm and it said we had two servants and then actually says next to the uh, next to their names it says not a slave next to it not a slave so it was paid hired worker they were paid hired workers yeah 
Were they I... paid fifteen dollar an hour minimum wage? <laughs> That's the next question. Uh, That's the next question. Chris? Were my ancestors paying their servants fifteen dollars an hour? I, I don't know the answer to that. My guess is that um because they didn't use dollars. Uh, I'm sure it was far more than the equivalent of fifteen dollars okay. an hour. I, I don't know what it would have been. I'm joking. The Deutsche Mark or something like that. I don't know what it would have been in the fourteen hundreds. One but cent. Anyway. Huh? Ten cents. No, no. I'm saying because it, it, it wouldn't be dollars. Oh, yeah. I don't even think it would be Deutschmarks. I don't know what it would be, but whatever the coinage was ah, at the time, okay, okay. Uh, I'm sure it was the equivalent of more than fifteen dollars an hour. But anyway, um, this is that was a tangent that didn't need to be gone down. <laughs> But anyway, the the point is that uh, was does slavery exist in in Europe to some degree here or there? I think maybe yeah. Um, uh, but for the most part, it had died out in Europe for a long time, and Europe still thrived. It still did very well. We had technological advancements. We had all of this, and then the the slaves came along. The whole slavery system, and then we had a lot of certain raw goods that were, uh, a, you know able to be consumed in, in greater quantities because of the, the, the slave labor. But actually, I, I read somewhere or I watched a video or something about how slavery was actually very expensive because like housing and feeding all your slaves, you had to keep them to some degree healthy because they had to do hard labor, you know. So feeding all those people and, and housing them and keeping them somewhat healthy was actually pretty expensive. Um, in, in some instances, it would have actually been cheaper just to pay them a wage uh, and let them go find rent and, and, mm -hmm. and buy their own food. And so, um, so slavery was, was probably going to die out. It was, it was headed toward dying out. And then Eli Whitney invented the cotton gin, and that made it a lot more feasible for, to have slaves because a single slave wasn't able to produce that much cotton in the early days. But then once the cotton gin was invented, a slave could... could um, could produce a lot more cotton in one day, you know, than he used to. And so the cost of the slave was now uh, now eclipsed by the amount of money that they could make you. Mm -hmm. And so that's when the slave trade really exploded in America is, is because of this cotton gin, which was invented by a black guy, which is kind of a twisted irony of history. Um, but anyway, so... So this guy's talking about all that history and, and how it's nuanced. History is nuanced. I'm sorry. Uh, it just is. And he actually asks the question. Let me get down here to the question. Um, he, he forced students, forced students, he had students, formulate the pros and cons concerning the topic of not slave, not actually slavery, about, the tr about trading goods in general at that time, right? All the benefits and the... Um, the detriment uh, that, that had occurred, this sort of negativity. The exact question, hold on, I'm trying to find the exact question here. Uh, let's see here. Ba -ba -ba -ba. I should have highlighted it. Let's see here. Okay. Well, here he writes, the questions that, that get students to think about history from multiple perspectives and get students conversing and thinking is I think it will impact the way teachers teach. Um, they will avoid topics that might raise tough questions. Uh, right. So that's not exactly what he asked, but it is a, an excellent point. Uh, let's see here. Why can't I find this? Let's see. Ah, ah, okay. Here, so here's the final slide of the presentation. So he's presenting, it is a presentation. He says the final slide of the presentation asked if the positive justify the negatives in, um, 
Oh no no that was that was um that was the slide that was the slideshow that talked about how horrible he was. Let's see here. Well, this is a terrible presentation. I should have I should have had this um this up. But anyway, he's just basically talking about the nuances of trading in that era. I wish I had highlighted or or cut out the bit that I wanted. Usually I don't have this trouble much trouble finding things, but anyway, the point is it's like you should definitely be able to ask questions about the benefits of trade generally, despite the fact that there may be historically some, you know, problems, you know, stuff that we see and we think this is bad or whatever. Um, but this guy lost his job because he was just talking about history in a nuanced way. And he didn't simply create a lesson that said white people bad, black people good, slavery was horrible, moving on to the next thing. Like he was actually trying to teach things as they happened, as opposed to this sort of caricature version that they want you to teach nowadays. And I think that this is just absolutely terrible. You know, you need to be able to talk about these things in a... God, I hate the race stuff. I'm so unbelievably sick of the race stuff. Like, there's always just the assumption, always, oh, this person's a racist. Oh, this person, this person doesn't, didn't say that racism was purely evil and there was nothing. Look, I... I don't this guy definitely did not defend racism in any way or 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 slavery or anything like that. Uh okay, let me let me try to just read some of this. During the lecture, Taylor discussed the Columbian Exchange, the transfer of plants, animals, diseases, people and culture following Christopher Columbus's voyage as well as its positive and negative implications for the world. Positive and negative implications for the world, all that trade, right? Fire uh council, I don't know what that means, F I R E, supposed an acronym for something. Uh, um, Adam Goldstein told Campus Reform that, univer that the university never responded to the letter. Fire, I assume, is some somebody who's defending uh, this this teacher. I don't know. The final side of the pre the final slide of the presentation asked if the positives and neg justify the negatives. In response, an Instagram account called blah 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 whatever that is something radicals claimed that Taylor was a racist predator on campus. Okay, yeah, so that is it. This is the last slide that he provided in his thing do the positives justify the negatives right now he didn't say that the positives justified the negatives he asked the question did the positives justify the negatives you see so you can't even ask now questions like that you i mean you can't even think questions like you this. can't even think questions like that it's ridiculous it's ridiculous now he did not try to defend slavery but i will <laughs> and here's my defense of slavery okay this is not a defense of specifically the transatlantic slave trade or this or the slavery of uh black americans you know you know uh black africans in america at the time but this is a this is a defense of slavery generally right because you had slavery since the dawn of time since since before recorded history we've had slavery right they still have slavery in africa today right we think of slavery what? i think russia was the best in terms of slavery because russians enslaved russians yeah, we like were you slaves. enslaved yourselves. Yeah, yes. yeah. Well, like, that's we don't need we don't need anyone. Well, they did that throughout Europe. They did that everywhere. Africans do it to other Africans still to this day. I mean, Arabs Africans do it to other Arabs. Asians do it to other Asians. But they outlawed. I think they outlawed Europeans enslaving other Europeans in like the the eleventh century or something. I don't quite remember, but fairly early on. But the Romans obviously had slaves. The Romans. Um, but but here's the thing. So why is slavery potentially a good thing 
conceptually. So the reason that we think of slavery as a civil rights abuse today is because their quality of life is so high, right? It's um, There are very few people around the world that actually have to endure the possibility of starving to death, right? Or being killed by the elements for lack of shelter, right? This is very rare, especially in the Western world. It's even fairly rare in the, you know, the third world or the de developing nations. But if you go back historically, this is very common, right? It's very common to have a winter that wasn't good. You know, a lot of the early... Uh, colonists here in the United States, uh, in in this region that we now call the United States, um, died off early on because they, you know, they had these terrible winters and they couldn't produce enough food. So here's a question, right? If you're if you're going around as a hunter gatherer, right, and your tribe um, is starting to starve, right, because they've had we've had a sort of like, um, you know, we've had a, a very harsh winter or something like that. We, we, we're, we're having trouble finding food. Maybe we're not very good at it. We're like a kind of a weaker tribe of people. You know, we don't have that much going on uh, in terms of uh, our guys can't hunt. We keep throwing spears, but we're not good at making spears, man. They're not working and we're kind of weak. Um, for whatever reason, we haven't been able to get that much food. And our kids are dying and our wives are dying and a lot of the men are dying. Like a lot of people are dying. Our tribe is in danger of going extinct. It might actually be a better solution to go be enslaved by the next tribe over. Now that sounds horrible to us today. But if you're watching your child die, starve to death, and your wife starve to death, it might actually be a valid solution to go to a wealthier tribe of people who have more than you do, who are more capable of sustaining their lives and have a little bit of surplus, especially if you come in and help them work, uh, it, you know, it might actually be better for you to be a slave historically, right, than to, to, to die, right, than to starve to death and, and watch your family starve to death. So look, I'm not saying that slavery is a good thing, especially in the modern world, but I, I'm like, historically, what I'm trying to say is historically, there may have been instances in which this was mutually beneficial. This wasn't. This was not always merely one group oppressing another group. I think probably most of the time it was. <laughs> I think probably most of the time it was one tribe conquers another tribe and enslaves most of their people against their will. I think that was probably most of the time true. But I think there were probably also instances where you you could either face starvation and death because you're a weak group of people, or you could be enslaved by somebody. Now. How many of my ancestors were slaves? I, I don't know. I, I assume that at some point down the line, there are some people who were probably enslaved by some other people at some point, you know, thousands of years ago. Um, so, you know, it's obviously not something that affects me emotionally in the same way that it affects somebody emotionally who could actually, like, trace his lineage back to a slave, right? Of course, people will look at that and think, oh, that's horrible. But I actually think that we've done a huge disservice in our society by romanticizing the plight of the slave. We have done this. It started with the, the, the show Roots. There was this miniseries called Roots, and they depicted slavery in the worst possible way where it was just the absolute most atrocious thing ever. And ever since then, we've always spoken about slavery as if it was the worst possible state of human condition. You know, and possibly sometimes it was, possibly sometimes it wasn't. It's hard to say. But there's no nuance anymore. It's black and white. This is the worst thing ever. You're an evil person if you even talk about it without saying that. Uh, and it's just silly, you know. There are 
intellectually, like if you think about this in an intellectual way, if you think about it rationally, there were certainly, you know, benefits historically, you know, maybe not, maybe not in the days of the African slaves in America, but certainly at some points in ancient history, there may, may have been some benefits of, of slavery for the slave as well. Um, look, I, I just hate that they're so, so, okay. So yeah, so I'm taking, obviously I'm taking the worst possible position, you know, playing devil's advocate, trying, you know, being a bit provocative here, but honestly, people shouldn't lose their jobs for just saying, did the benefits of the, of, of, of trade outweigh the sins of those doing the trading uh, at the time? I think that's a great question to ask. I think people should weigh those things because that does force people to look at nuance. It does force people to look at things as they actually were. L force people to look at things, you know, in a more realistic way as opposed to this caricature nonsense that we always look at everything through because of movies. I mean, it really is, I think, because of movies and TV shows that we think of the world the way we do. And that is it for the stories of the day. Valeria did not talk much. She did. She had her own segment at the beginning there with Meghan Markle. Yes, if you would do Meghan Markle in the end, it I would, won't you... spend my whole energy on the first topic. No, I and like have nothing it. left right I here. think the people... I see like many people. Yes, guys, I do read comments. I don't look at myself. Yes, sometimes I do, of course. But mostly, I'm reading your comments and people saying that I look bored or I look introvert. Inch. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, introvert. I am introvert. She's an introvert. She's a bit shy. Yeah, I am. It's true, but it's just hard for me to yeah. absorb so much information. And Chris yeah. talking super intel intellectually and smart and using smart words, and I'm Sl just like, I would sometimes say I'm losing. I would say slightly above average. No, you're smart. You're very smart. Slightly above average. <sighs> So do we want to take some questions? Cause I think we should say take some questions, even though we're well over time on the we show today. We are 85 minutes live. Let's do so it. We Let's can take, take some questions, questions and comments. If you guys got anything to say about the show tonight or if you got any questions. Um, Valeria, how do you do your makeup? What? I'm, I'm not reading a question. That's just from me. That's what just did you my say? Sorry. Valeria, how do you do your makeup? Walk us oh. through it. Well, I did put some like more makeup today because uh, my skin wasn't good this day of the <laughs> her month. Skin, her skin is perfect, ladies so and gentlemen. So I needed to distract my ugliness with a little, her, little more makeup. Her, you guys, her her standard for not her skin not being perfect is so ridiculous. <laughs> I have one spot here, and it's super painful. There are some women out there who would want to punch you. Your le <laughs> your level of uh, what you think is l not looking your best. Anyway. Um, yeah, so she she did some makeup. She did her makeup nicely today. I think it looks pretty good. Um, uh, do we have any? <laughs> I, I'm not even on. Did somebody say uh, something? Ataku magnet. Chris, my wife got confused between Ben Shapiro or T and Tim Pool because they both wear beanies, don't they? Ben. Because <laughs> <laughs> ben, ben Shapiro wears his like uh, yarmulke. Yarmulke. That's pretty funny. Uh, let's see. Gosh, the questions and comments are going so quick. I can't read anything. Let's see here. The tree climber writes, racism is overrated. Fact. <laughs> I think so. I think it is overrated. I think that's great. Let's see here. There are pyramids in China and South America as well, says MK. That's true. There are pyramids. They're, they're not quite like 
the Giza is a little bit different, but yeah, there are some kind of pyramid type things. Let's see here. Uh, DJ writes, Kate Brown got her COVID vaccine before the elderly. Uh, Kate Brown is the governor of Oregon. I actually hate talking about Kate Brown because she is so unpleasant. Kate Brown is one of the most offensive people I've ever seen speak. Uh, and also the mayor, Mayor Wheeler of Portland also. These guys are so pathetic. And I'm from Oregon, so I don't like talking about Oregon politics because it makes me depressed. Um, Chris00NJ writes, Chris is way out of his league. Well, hold on a second. <laughs> Chris from New Jersey, as I assume what your name means. Uh, I am not way out of me. And I'll tell you why. When we met... I was much skinnier and better fit. <laughs> I was much more handsome. Uh, but yeah, yeah, I may be out a little bit out of my league. Okay, fine. Let's see here. Let's see here. Oh, Kelly Higginson writes, Valera, you are beautiful. Uh, I knew a guy named Kelly when I was a kid, but I assume this is a girl. <laughs> Kelly can be either a Thank boy's name you. or a girl's name. Let's see. Let's see. Let's see. Neil McCann says, come on, Chris, if any part of your job description includes being beaten, starved, or whipped, it ain't good. Uh, no, 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 no. Look. Uh, of course I'm playing devil's advocate. Of course I'm t- trying to take a, p- a provocative opinion there, a uh, position there. But um, no, I, I, I don't think that it is worse uh, being... Uh, well, you say starved. I don't think... So that's the thing about being a slave. That's the only real benefit of being a slave is that they want to keep you alive because they need you to work the field. So you, you may get... Uh, what, what did he say? Beaten and whipped? You may get beaten and whipped, but is it better to be beaten and whipped or is it better to starve to death? And the, the whole point I'm trying to make is that historically, if you were at risk of starving to death, it might actually be in your best interest to, in fact, be a slave instead, right? Um... They did have people who would be uh, willingly be indentured servants, were, which which was essentially uh, temporary slavery. You know so. that you have camera on me, right? Oh no, I, I didn't. <laughs> Sorry about that. Sorry, you were talking earlier, but I want I want to pretend this is all coming from you, so I don't get blamed for it. Okay. Uh, okay. Frank, what does Valeria think of Chris not being as fit as he used to be? Well, I'm no longer afraid that some hot girl is going to steal him from me. So Believe I'm kind of like, okay, finally I can relax. <laughs> it is true. I dated a lot, a lot of girls before I met Valeria. And I, I would always have like, I don't know, four or five different girls that I was hanging out with if I didn't have a girlfriend. If I had a girlfriend, it was just the one girl. But if I if I was single... I didn't have a girlfriend. I wasn't with in a committed relationship. I would have well, four or you, five well, you were like super hot, skinny, fit, but you were poor. That's true. And yeah. I was worried yeah. somebody's gonna take you because you're hot. Now, even though you are not as fit as you used to be, you are, <laughs> you have more money. And now I, I guess I'm afraid that. Well, something... I'm not rich. I'm not like. <laughs> I, I said more money. Didn't say rich. No, but she is not. a little worried that I'll get fit, and then the combination of being me being fit and as attractive as I was when I was yes. younger. And having a bit of money. And then I think I have to get a plastic surgery. <laughs> you do not need plastic surgery. <laughs> Guys, tell her not to get plastic surgery. I'll tell you what. I uh, I have I have a weird thing. I've always had this weird thing where if I got a photo of myself, I always looked bad. It was really, it was almost impossible for me to get, get a good photo. And even when I was like fit and, and attractive. 
but video was always okay. I always looked pretty good on film. But I, I don't, I don't know what it is. I, I could never really look good in photos. I was like, I was like, Phil, I was like passably handsome on film, but on on photos, I never looked good. Kind of weird thing. Let's see. So we didn't deserve even uh, one uh, super chat today. Oh, well, that's 90, okay. I don't mind that. I, I, don't, minutes, I don't need super like, chat. I don't we're need almost chat. working like two hours. We don't get even like. I'm, I'm kind of glad we didn't get a super chat. I'm not chat. talking about fifteen dollars an hour, but at least like one ninety nine <laughs> would be good. <laughs> well, if this if this gets monetized, we'll be okay. But but they don't know. They usually get demonetized these they videos. Do. But but we'll, but hopefully they'll get monetized. We don't have to worry about it. Thoughts um, on alcohol guy, tax increase. This guy eight o o d writes butt implants only. <laughs> she doesn't no, actually need butt implants. She's a got butt, a nice... you can you can get on a gym. You yeah. can get a butt. She but does. She does that. that. She does that glute workout stuff. Yeah. Yeah, and but boops, I don't. I, I guess I should have a baby. <laughs> Darling, you are perfectly shaped. You do not need anything extra. Can I pretend that I'm not perfect? Can I pretend that I'm not perfect? You can for the. For the uh, your thoughts it. on alcohol tax increase? DJ says I think it's good. Red Elgin is giving me fitness uh, uh, advice that I'm already following. Sorry, what? What? Say it again. Uh, DJ asks thoughts on alcohol tax increase. If there is increase, I mean, there's going to be increase in every possible tax because they need more money. And uh, now they paid us, uh, they're going to pay a stimulus check with this. Okay, thank you for returning 5% of my 25% taxes. Yeah. Like a yeah. stimulus. Yeah, the stimulus check was crazy how little people actually got compared Guys, to how much they Guys, I have an advice. Get that stimulus money. Yes, thank you. Okay, <laughs> I want to finish my sentence. A tree climber. Oh, tree climber writes, talk me into it. <laughs> Thanks, Trick Live. I have an advice. That's for Valeria. Maybe it's a stupid advice, but I think it's worth it. Get that stimulus check, invest in Bitcoin. Yeah, just put and it all just in Bitcoin. Wait five, five years. I think it's going to worth like 10 grand at least. Yeah. Just invest in Bitcoin, forget about it. I think it's going to do. Yeah, just good. Put, put some money in Bitcoin. Oh, my, my, my Jewish friend just gave us $299. <laughs> what should I do? <laughs> <laughs> Jewish friend. For, for her true. now. Joe Sullivan gave us five bucks. Shirts. She wants to fatten you up so you don't wander off, Chris. Joe. Joe writes that as a joke. That's true. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> Back when I was skinny, she was always a little bit, uh, you know, a little bit insecure about it. Now she's just like, you ought to fatten the woman who will have you. It is fine. I'm not worried. Like if if a girl ever comes to visit or wants to say how or calls me on the phone, she's like, yes, I don't care. She won't want you. You're a fat now. Fantastic. Uh, let's see here. Oh, yeah. Guys know what I'm talking about. Bitcoin and Ethereum. <laughs> yeah, Ethereum. We Ethereum. have money in all these. Yeah. Uh, we, we, we went into uh, a little bit into Dogecoin for fun. For fun. Uh, but it's uh, it's very volatile. Very volatile stocks are good. If you it can... depends on how how much drunk Elon Musk on Fridays and <laughs> when he start tweeting stuff. The Dogecoin is we like... kind of got screwed actually because we okay. So Elon Musk started tweeting about Dogecoin. Let let's say on a Friday. Let's just come up with it. It's usually well, like let, let, let's say it's a Friday. Mm -hmm. So so on one Friday he 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 tweeted about Dogecoin. And Valeria and I were both like, oh, we got to put money in Dogecoin. So we put a bunch of money in Dogecoin. Not a bunch. Some like four grand or something no. like that. Mm -mm. Well, we, we didn't have a ton invested in, but we put whatever we had 
that happened to be investable at the time, we put that all into Dogecoin. And then it started to go down. And we we're like, what the hell? This is weird. So we, we went ahead and uh, we waited for it to come back up a little bit. And then we took it out. And we didn't really lose anything. No, we we kind of broke even. But the next weekend, he he did it again. Like, he tweeted again. Like two days after. Not or something like that. Week. Yeah, like two days after or something like that. He goes ahead and he tweets again. And we look at it and we're like, meh. That's not going to do anything. And it freaking skyrockets. And we're like, what the hell? What did it happen the first time? Like, like we had the right idea of what was going to happen. But for some reason, it didn't. It's like if if we're investing, the universe says, no. <laughs> no, sorry. You never know. Yeah, you never know. You never, you never know. know. She's pretty good. Oh, well, let's see here. Uh, Chris00NJ, the one who said that I'm out of my league. He wrote, uh, yes, New Jersey, now Texas. Here's some uh, rubles. Thank you. <laughs> I uh, just got done reading Gulag Archipelago. Oh, yeah, I actually have Gulag Archipelago on the bookshelf, but I haven't read it yet. I, I would like to. I, I bought an old copy, so it's like all neat. Uh, no one wants to be a slave. Uh, pick another subject to be devil's advocate. Chris, I, I don't think that's true. I think that if you have if you have a system historically where people are starving to death, but they could choose instead to be slaves, right? but the slave masters are good people. Gulag Archipelago, you're talking about the worst possible, the worst imaginable, uh, um, you know, uh, treating, tr treating people in, in a way that's, that's uh, inhu inhumane, right? I don't know if that's always been true in every civilization, always when anyone had a slave, right? I mean, the Bible talks about slavery quite a bit, and it talks about how you need to treat slave, your slaves well, because at the time when the Bible was written, slavery was sort of like a common thing. Every, you know, people had slaves commonly. And, um, and so it was like, you know, you, you have to treat your animals well, you have to treat your, your slaves well. Uh, and if you're, you know, what, one thing, another thing that's interesting, in the, in the times of the Romans, you should read up on how slaves were treated in Roman times. Because if you mistreated your slave in Roman times, you could actually be punished. You could actually, I think, go to jail and stuff like that. Like there were, there were some, there were certain rights that slaves even had, um, and they actually had certain hats that you could wear if you were a slave that was freed. Um, which I, th anyway, there's stuff about it. it. You should read up on the slavery of of uh, of Roman times. Fascinating, fascinating stuff. Um, Caesar Augustus. Oh, speaking of Roman times, Caesar Augustus writes, "Keep it up, both of you." Thank you, Caesar. Um, we we shall try. All right. I mean, people are writing a lot of stuff. They've got some some great some great stuff here. Jesus God wrote, "I'm a slave to Christ." <laughs> That's true. You know. Um, but let's, let's see here. Look, I am playing devil's advocate. Of course, I think being sl a slave 99% of the time is, you know, not an optimal, uh, situation, but, uh, but I just think that an argument can be made that it's not the worst thing ever in history. Um, I think in some cases it might've been, but not in every case. So, um, let's just be a little bit nu more nuanced about history than just, you know, this is evil and that's the end of the topic. Um, all right, should we, should we end it here? I think so. 98 minutes. Alive. Let's see here. Caesar Augustus wrote, I got into Bitcoin when it was at 40K, only had 1K to spend, but I'm up 300 for now. Good job, Caesar. He, so this guy knows, knows what's up. And uh, we actually did something quite risky. I probably shouldn't say this on the air, but we actually took out a lot of our savings from stock investments to invest in, in crypto, which may have been a horrible mistake. 
the but. problem with stock investments right now that because they're printing a lot of dollars. You think that the, the power and of the dollar as is... power of dollar goes down, mm -hmm. crypto will go up, sure. especially tomorrow because Biden signs the stimulus package. Yeah, Valeria thinks if you're going to get up. into crypto, get in tonight. Before, even even uh, it's it's already late because it's already going. Just up. put in a hundred bucks. Just put in a thousand bucks. You can buy crypto on Robinhood. It's the easiest way, I think. It's it's easy, but it yeah. costs you a fee. There's a fee. No. Oh, no fee. No fee. I mean, if you like. You can Google the cheapest ways to trade crypto. You can crypto. Google the cheapest ways. To I think it's trade. like the first one will be like Binance. We use Binance. Yeah, that's we what Valeria It's uses. like the ch like yeah. lowest fee, I think. So. But oh, there's we got another question, Chris. Christian. Oh my gosh, Frank Christian. James writes. <laughs> Chris. Slavery in an American context is evil. In other contexts, indentured servitude. Uh, when you talk slavery, people hear the American context. Well, you know, this is is what I'm trying to say. So Frank James is from Canada. To, to me, that's a much more balanced view to, to have. And I tried to to make that distinction when I was talking about it earlier. Um, you know, I don't think anyone would say that the slavery is the ideal situation for oh, people. Oh, I'm but... correct. Thank you, guys. <laughs> What's that? What do we got? Somebody said Valeria correct. is correct as Demon Slayer. About, she is about your, the, she is your the financial powerful. manager. I actually, I think I actually spend more, more his money than I saved, but... <laughs> you mean lost more money of mine? What? No, no. Spend, no. I didn't lost... Uh, oh, you mean spend more of my money on yeah. like clothes and stuff? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, you know what's funny? Okay, so for for maybe a I don't know like a, a couple of years, Valeria has been a little bit depressed about one thing, which is that she doesn't she couldn't find a job that she found fulfilling, and this is something that is part of human nature, right? We don't have any children. And she doesn't have a job that she felt was fulfilling. She had a job that she likes. She it's she fun. likes in it's Hollywood. It's a fun job. It's a fun job. But uh, but it's not a job she felt was something that was contributing enough to our our family or the world. And so she wanted to do something else. And so I came up with two jobs <laughs> for her. This, which I think is she's great at. You guys can say one way or another what you think about that. But uh, I think she's a bit of a star. And uh, and then I also came up with this idea of investing in um, crypto. And the thing is, I, I wanted to do it, right? I wanted to go in and start investing in crypto and do all the research and all that. I just didn't have the time to do it because my show just takes so much research, so much editing, so much so much time to write the scripts and everything. So I knew I couldn't do it myself. And so what I did is I did a little research and I kind of got the basics down and I kind of walked Valeria through it. And, and at first she didn't think she would be able to do it. She said, no, I don't want to do this. And now she is a freaking guru. She's like a crypto genius. She watches like 20 videos a day in Russian on how to invest in crypto. And she knows her stuff. She knows way better than I do. In fact, every, every couple of days I come up to her and I go, hey, how is the crypto doing? Are we making money? Are we losing money? She's like, oh, it's up right now. I'm like, okay, cool. Are you going to pull out? And she just looks at me like, do not ask me these questions. I will do it and you will shut up and you will wait and you will see and you will just get the money. Do not ask me. I will do it. You will. And I'm, I always go, okay, okay. She doesn't like to talk about it. She just likes to do it. And and um, that's, that's the way that's I am. That's why I'm not talking because less talking, more That's the more way action. I, I, I say that all the time about bedroom things. <laughs> I don't like to talk about it, guys. All right. Just like to do it. <laughs> Sorry, that that took a very vulgar turn all of a sudden, <laughs> but, but I thought it was funny. And you were blaming me for pronouncing Anon. Yeah, 
<laughs> yeah, blue and on, blue and on, blue and on, in incorrectly. Yeah, true. Uh, all right. Well, this one went really long. Uh, sorry about that, guys. Uh, thank you for sticking with us for the entire. 16 hours however long this was and uh we will see you guys tomorrow and tomorrow i'll try to keep it to an hour i will force him yeah all to right keep it an hour all right